Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, depending upon where you and when you are listening. This is the Meatballs for America podcast. I am the Meatball. This is episode number four. You can reach me via voicemail at 307-363-2669 or via email at meatballsforamerica at yahoo.com. It's all lowercase and the number four. I'm going to start today's podcast off where I left off last week. I want to talk about the idiot. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal. You know the, you know the thing. That's our president. He can't complete a sentence most Americans can recite as easily as they recite, recite their name. But he's president of the United States of America, and he can't say it. Now, let's forget that he can't read or recite more than three sentences without going off kilter. Let's talk about his career of lies. What's he got, 30, 50 years worth of lies? Uh, his biggest uh, one, the one that killed his 1988 campaign, was his complete fabricated academic history when asked where he went to law school. This was his response. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. And to further clarify, he graduated 76 out of 85 students. That's bottom 10%. He was on a partial financial scholarship, no academic whatsoever. As he said, a full academic. Um, and uh, he explained that he misspoke he meant as an educated man to discuss his double major when he was saying, I graduated with three degrees. Or how about the uh, repeated stories he tells about his Nelson Mandela arrests? Uh, multiple times he tells that story. Uh, here's one of the times he told it. I had the great honor of meeting him. I had the great honor of being arrested with our U.N. ambassador on the streets of Soweto trying to get to see him on Robbins Island. He had the great honor of being arrested with our U.N. ambassador trying to get to see him in Robinsonville. There are his words. Um, later on, these are his words. When I said arrested, I meant I was not able to, I was not able to move. Cops... Upper Connors would not let me go with them, made me stay where I was. I guess I, I wasn't arrested. I was stopped. So what you mean, Joe, is you lied. You made it up and nothing you said then was true. That's what you mean. Another story he likes to roll out, you know, is his fake war story. Um, he rolls this out, you know, at rallies and stuff to, to get people riled up. It's a fake silver star he was going to pin to a fake captain. Uh, there's no evidence of anything remotely similar involving him ever happening. But uh, here that goes. This guy climbed down a ravine, carried this guy up on his back under fire. 
and the general wanted me to pin the silver star on him. I got up there and stand, this is God's truth, my word is a Biden. He stood his attention. I went to pin him, I said, sir, I don't want the damn thing. Do not print it on me, sir, please, sir, do not do that. He died. He died. It's a real tearjerker. He rolls this out, you know, every once in a while. And on his word as a Biden, he tells you a complete fabrication. Now, as he says, on my word as a Biden, he raises his right hand as if to swear on a Bible as he tells you this lie. On his word as a Biden, and he lies to you outright. That's our president. Now, since around 2012 or so, actually probably earlier, you know, about the time he was uh, named vice president or was uh, put on the ticket with uh, Obama, he started speaking out about how he opposed the Iraq war. Here's his stance now. I made a mistake. I said it 14 years ago. I trusted George Bush to keep his word. He said he was not going to go into Iraq. But at the time, he felt a little differently. At least he said he felt differently. So you realize Joe just gives lip lip service. We don't know what he really feels when he says things. But this is what he said then. The only way we're going to get rid of Saddam Hussein, and it's going to require guys like you in uniform to be back on foot in the desert taking uh, taking Saddam down. Again, as he constantly has repeated since his vice president days, he was opposed from the very beginning. From the moment shock and awe started, from that moment, I was opposed to the effort and I was outspoken. But when it was all happening, this is what he had to say. Some of my own party have said that it was a mistake to go to Iraq in the first place. But the cost of not acting against Saddam, I think, would have been much greater. The president of the United States is a bold leader and he is popular. By the way, the bold, popular president of the United States he's referring to, that's the same Bush that he said in the earlier remark tricked him into going to Iraq in the first place. I wonder which one's really the truth or how he really feels. We'll never know. Joe don't know. And which of these two civil rights stories do you think are accurate? When I marched in the civil rights movement, I marched with tens of thousands of others to change attitudes. And we changed attitudes. When I was about the age of the guy standing over there, I got involved in the civil rights movement. Or is he had absolutely nothing to do with it, like he says here, the truth? I was not an activist. I was not out marching. I was not down in Selma. I was not anywhere else. Folks, this is our president. Uh, This is the guy whose supporters remind you that Donald Trump has 30,000 documented lies. Please find out if they can produce any kind of documentation like this. Joe Biden is a lying, corrupt, abhorrent, feckless man. And he's running this country into the ground. In 11 months, he's got us close to where Jimmy Carter took four years to get us by 1979. Please wake up. Please realize this man's a liar. 
please correct people who think he's the truth and he's the solution. Uh, we're going to get into the Jesse Smollett thing next. I want you to hear uh, how the press supported him back when this first opened. He opened up about what he's learned and the bigger message he wants the world to hear. What do you feel people need to hear the most from this story? I think that what people need to hear is just the truth. That's the first time he's given a detailed account, an account that Chicago police have said has been consistent. He hasn't changed his story. They also said it's credible. Police have said that. And also that he has been very cooperative. If the attackers are never found, how will you be able to heal? Um, I don't know. Let's just hope that they are. And he, I asked him about if there were other possible threats that he had, threats that he had received, and he did talk about the letter that was sent to the Fox studio where Empire is sent. Police have confirmed that letter, and we'll show it to you. And why do you think you were targeted? I can just assume. I mean, I come really, really hard against forty-five. He was really excited when he saw. The camera. There's no way he yeah. could have known the camera no. was turned away. No, they didn't know. Detectives didn't know until, and it was inside the casing. It was facing in the other direction, and he had no idea about that. And the vast majority of people have been supportive and loving and understanding. What, there's many reasons why Jesse wanted to sit down and do this. First was to say thank you to his many supporters, to answer the questions, uh, the, the critics, but also um, the, the times that he came emotional is when he was talking about gay youth and the LGBTQ mm -hmm. community. What? Is it that has you so angry? Is it the the attackers? But he was thinking pretty forthcoming. He did not. Nothing was out of bounds. There was nothing that I could not could not ask. And there is no doubt in your mind what motivated this attack. I could only go off of their words. Cooperative. A lot of questions have been raised as well. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. A lot of questions, especially about the timing of the nine one one call, about the phone, the phone records, and Jesse addresses all of that. And as I said earlier, the police have said he's been consistent, that he has been credible, that he has been cooperative. Okay, so that is a little mashup of some of the news coverage and support Jussie Smollett was getting back in 2019. Uh, quick recap, he was an Empire actor. Uh, they also list him as a singer. And performer, he's gay, he's black. Um, and uh, timeline of the situations, well, first, January 22nd, 2019, a letter, a racist, homophobic letter addressed to Smollett is sent to and received at uh, the offices for Empire, the television show. Uh, there were homophobic, racist slurs, and uh, it was signed MAGA. Then on January 29th, seven days later, 2 a.m., initial report is two white men wearing ski masks, shouting the N-word, and this is maggot country, beat him. And he had to go to the hospital, and it was being investigated as a hate crime. Uh, on the 30th, there's some security footage of some men around the vicinity who Smollett says, yeah, that could be them. On the 31st of January, the Smollett family comes out and they say they want to be clear. This was a racial and homophobic hate crime. Uh, they also refer to it as a domestic 
terrorist attack, uh, and they were happening daily against blacks and gays in America. That was the family side of the story. On February 2nd, Jesse uh, made a second statement discussing how he fought back and how he declared himself the gay Tupac on that day. Uh, On the 12th, Jesse, cooperating with authorities, submitted limited and heavily redacted phone records. Uh, This is when the story started getting a little shaky and people started questioning. This is also when Don Lemon started using his connections to CNN to text Jesse. Jesse's uh, actually testifying about this in court uh, the last few days that, hey, the police are starting to doubt you. Uh, While they were still all publicly saying no rumors of a doubt to his story are accurate. That's what the police were saying, but Don Lemon knew and was texting Jesse Smollett. Uh, On the 13th, two Nigerian men, brothers, uh, Alabino and Abinola, I believe I'm saying them right, they are identified as the men in the video and they were arrested. Uh, Turns out Alabino was a former extra on Empire and, uh, P.S., by the way, a lover of Jesse Smollett's. Uh, They were arrested. Uh, On the 15th, they were released uncharged, but a lot of questions were starting to come out about uh, the story that uh, Jesse Smollett was telling. Mind you, the press and the news are all over it and talking about how racist and hateful this country is and how dare anybody doubt him. On February 19th, he uh, did an interview with Robin Roberts. I don't know if I had the cut in the mashup I had at the beginning of this segment, but this is where he said, how dare you not believe me? And it's not that they don't believe me. It's that they don't want to see the truth. And I believe he was referring to non-woke people at that point because the woke people can see the truth and believe his lie the non-woke people questioned his lie. And no mistakes about it, it is a lie. All right, so around March 8th now, Smollett got indicted on 16 counts and could have went to jail for almost 50 years if he got guilty on all of them. Uh, On the 11th of March, the brothers spoke out and they admit that they were used and participated in the Mollett attack. Um, Mollett used them, hired them to do it. On the 14th, uh, he pleads not guilty. That's Smollett. On the 26th, Smollett announces that his attorney, well, I'm sorry, Smollett's attorneys announced that all charges were dropped. However, the district attorney does not say charges were dropped. He said because of Smollett's uh, continued community service and that he's going to submit or forfeit, I mean, his $100,000 bond to the city we find that is a reasonable resolution. So they didn't drop the charges. He paid a huge fine. He posted $10,000 cash bail, and there was a $100,000 bond bail posted. I don't know if that means the city got the whole 100000 or they just got his 10000 I know from business practices I was in before, if a bond pays out, you have to pay the bond company back. Uh, businesses I was in, that happened on insurance claims. So... Like I said, I don't know if they only got the 10000 or they got the 100000 but Jesse Smollett paid a huge fine. Then he goes on his tour saying, see, I didn't make it up. They dropped the charges. 
Well, because he did that, February 2020, a special prosecution investigation team or whatnot indicted him. And that's why he's on trial now. His story now is Mr. Abinala and his brother attacked him on their own because he was a jilted lover. Either way, you have gay black men who staged a white, homophobic, racist hate crime. I would love to hear Mr. Don Lemon, uh, Miss Joy Reed, even the unemployed Chris Cuomo, because he's so woke, what they would say if a white man perpetrated or concocted a story about blacks trying to be- blame the BLM protesters and supporters for a racist hate crime against a white person. I would like to see how they would outcry and how non-story of it it would be as this is. So remember, he lied and ask anybody and ask each other if racism and homophobia and hate and white supremacy is so prevalent, why did he need to stage a fake incident to support it and prove it? Why couldn't he just pick one of the many prevalent real instances that don't exist as quite as much as they say? That's my take on that. Let me know how you feel. All right, that's enough of the world according to Meatball. Once again, if there's anything you'd like to discuss, if there's anything you agree with or disagree with in anything I said, you can always contact me. Leave me a voicemail on the Meatball's hotline at 307-363-2669. You can email me at meatballsforamerica at yahoo.com. It's all lowercase and the number four. Find me on Facebook, Frank Talker is my name on Facebook. Send me a friend request. I will accept. I've uh, actually got quite a few last week. I believe it was from the podcast. Thank you all. Continue to do so. And uh, on Twitter, I don't know if I gave it to you or not yet, but that is at MBS for America. It's a capital M, capital B, capital S, number four, capital A, then finish spelling America. At MBS for America on Twitter. Find me, comment, participate. Let me know what you're thinking. We're going to get the conversations started. Now, uh, I had put out, I asked people to tell me a little bit about their favorite sitcom television character. Uh, Got some voicemails. We're going to go to the voicemails right now. Voicemail number one. Yo, Meatball. This is Linguini. I've been listening to your show. It's a it's getting better. Keep up the good work. Look forward to hearing you. All righty, Linguini. Thank you for contacting the Meatball. Thank you for listening to the Meatball. Continue to do so. And please shoot me an email. Leave me a voicemail about what you think on race, politics, America in general, inflation, anything. Let's get conversations going. Linguini, thanks for calling. Keep listening. Tell people to listen. Our next phone call. Why, hello, Meatball. I'm just calling to let you know about my favorite TV character was Archie Bunker. He said what he said. People just laughed and nobody got offended. That's what this world needs, just to get back to laughing. All right, Meatball, I'm out. Archie Bunker, another great, great, great television character. Uh, He was fantastic. Um, I don't agree with most of how he felt because he was uh, an ignorant racist, but he owned it and, you know, he spoke it. And 
even if you are uh, thinking bad thoughts, maybe it's better if you get him out and start talking about him because then we can find some uh, common ground. And my favorite Bunker episode or moment was when Sammy Davis Jr. kissed him. That was great. Uh, let's get our next phone call. Yeah, me balls. Uh, this is your friend Renee, Janene, and I cannot pick a favorite sitcom character unless you do a genre because it's too much. So please do it by genre and get back to me. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Ciao. Shanae recognized the voice, didn't even have to hear your name. So I got Ravioli from last week. I got Zen from first week. I got Linguini this week and Shanae We're coming up with nicknames. I'm the meatball. Give me a nickname when you leave your messages. We'll use it from now on. Shanae as far as genres, uh, I don't know how to break sitcoms down into further genres, but I'll give you characters. How about your favorite sitcom mother? Give me that. We didn't get any of those yet. I'd like to hear them. Or give me your favorite movie line. Whatever you want to do if you're still listening and you're going to call in. Have a great one, Shanae. Thanks again for listening. And the next call is... Shanae, your favorite sitcom character. I say Theo Huxtable. I liked him because he... Uh, good at heart. Tried hard. Nothing really came easy for him, but he was always giving his best. He had a good sense of humor. Theo Huxtable, another great character. Uh, he was such a good-hearted kid, and uh, I believe he's one of the first, at least he's one of the first I remember that they explored learning disabilities with because uh, he was diagnosed with dyslexia, and uh, Daddy uh, got him diagnosed, apologized for putting him down when he had that learning disability, and he went on to succeed. So uh, Theo Huxtable, another great one. Uh, that was my last phone call. My favorite TV characters, Arnold Jackson on Different Strokes. Uh, that kid, Gary Coleman, what a talented kid. What a great character. What you talking about, Willis? Love that line. Uh, he was a great character. And my second favorite or co-favorite character, Jim Ignatowski on Taxi. Uh, I still think that episode when he took the driver's test and he was telling Bobby Wheeler to slow down. What does a yellow flashing light mean? And Bobby Wheeler's like, slow down. He's like, what does? Google it. Watch it. I can't do it any justice on here. Great scene again. Thank you all for listening in. Thank you all for chiming in. Feel free to share anything you'd like with me. Give me your opinions on race, on politics, on America, on gas prices, on oil prices, on inflation, on the energy crisis, on Biden, on Trump, on anything you want. Contact me, 307-363-2669, meatballsforamerica at yahoo.com or at mbsforamerica on Twitter. Frank Talker on Facebook. That's my show. That's my podcast. I will talk to you all Monday next week.